Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppe with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Thank you for downloading these podcasts. We like that you're able to download and listen to them anytime you want. It's not like being ball and chained to a particular time or day like on the radio. When is that show on? I have to make sure I'm home. I have to make sure I'm in the car or something like that. But so many radio programs are, down, are, are podcasted now so you can download those anytime you want. Makes it great for, you know, listening while you're on the go, running errands, at the gym, out for a jog, whatever it is that you're doing. So, and the email to send me questions, topics of interest, radio program at AOL.com. That is radio program at AOL.com. Dr. Hoffman and I appreciate all of your questions and topics of interest. So I want to talk about mental health and the microbiome, the microbiome and mental health. There is a large study that associates gut microbial metabolism with mental health. Now, we know that, and I've said on previous podcasts, that the gut is the ancient brain, or even the ancient mind. You know that feeling you get when you feel it in your gut, whether something is right or something is wrong, or even when you sense danger, kind of feel it there in the abdomen first, before it's even become a thought, right? Think about that a moment if you sense danger, before you know consciously, or maybe you do know consciously, but you are you don't have the why, the reason for why you're in danger, but you feel that in your gut, right? The butterflies and stuff like that. So the gut is indeed an organ of the mind, and that was first said by a feminist scholar, Elizabeth Wilson, the gut is an organ of the mind. It was the ancient brain. And where our brains are derived. So, uh, the gut has everything to do about the way we feel. And emerging research 
into the gut-brain axis, which links gut dysbiosis to some mental health conditions like depression, suggests that intestinal microbiota can modulate the gut-brain axis via multiple mechanisms. And we know it's a significant step in the process of understanding how the gut microbiome might affect mood. We're finding out that the gut microbiome has its hand in everything, is involved in so much. We have more gut microbes than we do cells in our body. We have more microbiota cells than we do cells in our body. Wrap your brain around what I just said. There's more there than the entirety of the cells in our body. So research suggests that there may be many connections between gut and brain. In humans, the neurotransmitter serotonin, you've heard of serotonin, which plays a crucial role in maintaining homeostasis and low levels of which are implicated in clinical depression, is found in the highest concentrations in the gastrointestinal tract. It's interesting because I know, we know, that people with irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, there are often associated mood problems with it, which came first. It's very interesting. If you have irritable bowel, you're not in a good mood, right? Because if you don't feel good, you're not going to be in a good mood. And vice versa. And sometimes when we don't feel well, when we're anxious, if we're fearful, if we're, uh, if, if we feel like there's some impending doom, we feel it in the gut. It gets translated there. Maybe your bowels go into overdrive when you're stressed or anxious. That can happen. You know, like in stage fright. I remember the late Robin Williams, the comedian Robin Williams saying, you know, before he goes on, before he go on and do his stand-up comedy, uh, his, his act, everybody out, diarrhea, it's part of stage fright. It's part of nervousness and anxiety and we feel all that in the gut. So the neurotransmitter serotonin, which plays a role in maintaining homeostasis, and when we have low levels of serotonin, we don't feel so good, and low levels of serotonin have been impl- implicated in clinical depression. And it's found to be in the highest concentrations in the GI tract. As much as 90% of serotonin is made in the gut, is produced in the gut. And we need good microbes for that to happen. As well, high comorbidities exist between certain psychiatric symptoms and gastrointestinal disorders, particularly anxiety and irritable bowel syndrome. What I just said. Yep. These connections indicate the relevance of the gut-brain axis. But studies on the bi-directional communication of the gut and the brain have been primarily focused on small animals until recently. So a new observational study using two large 
population cohorts of Belgian and Dutch people found similar correlations between microbial taxa, quality of life, and the incidence of depression. The researchers used 16S ribosomal ribonucleic acid rRNA. They used rRNA gene sequencing to analyze the fecal microbiota, the poop microbiota, of 1,054 Belgians to study microbiome variation at the population level. The microbiota taxa were correlated with the participants' quality of life and incidence of depression. Researchers quantified this through a self-reported quality of life questionnaire and general practitioner-supplied diagnoses. Now, interestingly, 10 genus abundances were correlated with quality of life scores, including both mental and physical scores. Let me name these genuses. Fecalibacterium, Coprococcus, Dialister, Buterib, Buterivibrio, Buterivibrio, Geminger, Fusicatinobacter, and Prevotella. <laughs> These were consistently associated with higher quality of life scores, whereas Parabacterioides, Streptococcus, and flavonifractor showed negative associations, even after correcting for the confounding effects of antidepressants. I'm glad they did that, because there had to be many uh, confounding uh, things here, like taking antidepressants, because that will change your microbiota too. The research also suggests that several microbial pathways, GABA, and tryptophan metabolism are enriched in human gut-associated microorganisms, indicating a potential role in host microbe symbiosis. Yeah, I mean, that, microbio- that microbial pathway is also the indicator of how much GABA is secreted and how the, tr- the tryptophan in your diet is being metabolized. Because these are all enriched in human gut-associated microorganisms. This is the deal with the ecosystem. So using a module-based analytical framework that describes the microbial pathways that metabolize molecules, which have the potential to interact With the human nervous system, these are neuroactive compounds that we're talking about. Researchers examines the distribution of 56 metabolic interactions involved in the synthesis or degradation of these compounds. They then try to associate the microbial neuroactive potential 
with quality of life and depression. Finding that the microbial synthesis potential of a particular dopamine metabolite called DOPAC, D-O-P-A-C, correlated positively with mental quality of life. I would imagine that, yeah, dopamine would. I mean, dopamine is the reward neurotransmitter. When we are looking to soothe ourselves with anything, whether it's food, alcohol, sex, a cigarette, whatever, it's dopamine that we're after. They also found a potential role of microbial glutamate degradation and GABA synthesis. GABA is a very important, uh, uh, it's gamma aminobutyric acid. That's GABA, G-A-B-A. It's important in that calming. It's very sedating. GABA is sedating. And they found that the potential role of microbial glutamate degradation, GABA synthesis in depression, is, is important. And it's important to note that these new findings, they don't prove causation because this is an observational study. This is an observational design. The research does, however, contribute to the growing literature about the mechanisms by which the microbiome-gut-brain axis may be involved in the development of depression. It also sheds light on why mental disorders, including depression and anxiety, are often comorbid with gut problems. I've not met a person who has come to my practice who had depression and anxiety and didn't have a gut problem. They might have stomach ache. They might complain that they, they move their bowels too frequently or they have very loose bowel movements or even diarrhea. Some may complain of constipation, right? When they're kind of holding it all back, holding it all in, as can happen with depression, anxiety, and other mental health concerns. So this new research comes at a time when scientists are probing a deeper understanding of the gut-brain axis in pediatrics. In particular, the influential role of early childhood experiences and exposures in shaping the microbiome and health across the life course. Remember that early childhood is where so much of our experience is imprinted. You know, traumas, real and perceived, that's where they are imprinted. They shape our outlook on life, on life, and they also impact the microbiome. In 2017, 13% of U.S. teenagers aged 12 to 17 or 3.2 million teenagers, said that they had experienced at least one major depressive episode in the past year, up from 8% or 2 million in 2007. Remember, this is in 2017. This is before the lockdown. This is before the pandemic. So it was 8% in 2007, but in 2017... 
it was up. It was up from two million to three point two million. A 2020 study on long-term antidepressant trends within a large U.S. Medicaid-insured group population, they were all younger than 20 years old, found that antidepressant use grew 14-fold between 1987 and 2014. I find that a little disturbing because we know that in the population younger than 20, antidepressants have other side effects, like suicidal ideation. I mean, it's not a good place to go, the use of an antidepressant in this population. I would understand if the doctor decides that the benefit is outweighing the risk. However, it's important to note that that side effect can be a big one. So... Trends are similar in other areas of the world of the use of antibiotics, uh, antidepressants rather, sorry, it's antidepressants. And a 2020 population-based cohort study of 4.3 million children and young people in England found evidence of a continuing rise of antidepressant prescribing in adolescents aged 12 to 17 years since 2000, uh, since 2005, despite conflicting reports on their benefits and safety, particularly in young people. And what we are most concerned about as practitioners is suicide rate. We see more of that among antidepressant users than any other age group. It's in young people. So it is important to note, however, that these trends may have been influenced by a variety of factors, including an increased awareness, diagnosis of clinical depression in the medical community, an increased rate of antidepressant prescribing or other occurrences. So, microbiome gut-brain research validates why it's necessary to think holistically about health. It offers a way for us clinicians to address what was once considered a hidden disease by now providing a biological location and bodily connection for mental disorders. And it recognizes that mental health is visceral. We feel it in our gut. It's not separate from physical health. It is an essential part of the whole body health. And this shift in thinking may not only change the definition of mental health, but also how it may be treated, opening doors to new therapies that target microbiome composition through diet and the use of probiotics and other functional medicine gut treatments. And for those who suffer from the stigma of mental illness, these emerging concepts may begin to invalidate notions that the experience is all in their minds. Indeed, it is not all in, in their minds. It may be all in their guts. And that's what this is getting at. That's what this study is shedding light on. And this is coming from Integrated Practitioner. 
I can't tell you. And I remember years ago reading an article in Psychology Today magazine where a subheading in the article it was, is, and I wish I remembered the author's name because I would like to give them credit, but it was years ago in Psychology Today. One of the subheadings in this article, because it was talking about gut health and mental health, is kimchi the new Prozac? I love that. That's permanently imprinted in my mind. Is kimchi the new Prozac? Are probiotics the new antidepressants? Is our gut microbiota responsible for much more of our mental health than previously believed? It is not all in our minds. We are one body. Our mind, our brain are all in that body. And the, the, the gut-brain crosstalk is chronic. It's all the time. How we feel, that message is sent to our gut. What's happening in our gut, that, must, that message is sent to our brain. That crosstalk happens all day long, as it should. You could take a probiotic and have a change in your mood, for better or for worse, depending on what's going on in your gut. That really should be analyzed, you know, your, your symptoms taken into account, your concerns, your conditions taken into account, your medications, your supplements, all those other things, how you've been eating. All of that is important. All of that is important in a proper assessment. So I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Did you know that olive oil is at its peak of flavor and nutrition right after it's fresh pressed at harvest time? That's why my favorite olive oil is delivered to me direct from the latest harvest, thanks to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and as a listener of Intelligent Medicine, you can try a bottle of their finest artisanal olive oil, normally $39, for just $1 with no obligation to buy anything else. I've been enjoying these harvest fresh olive oils for years. They are far and away the brightest, most lively, and flavorful olive oils I've ever tasted. Their antioxidants and polyphenols are off the charts because they're fresh from the harvest. They make store-bought olive oils taste dull and flat by comparison. Taste for yourself. Check out this generous trial offer and get your $39 bottle for a buck with no obligation to buy anything else. Visit MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. In my case, it truly is. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.